We're going to jump right into it. Uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Keith started a series called Financial Fitness. Okay. All right, we're going to swap mics because we got an online thing going on. Okay, so last week, Pastor Keith, two weeks ago, excuse me, I'm going to straighten all this out. Pastor Keith, two weeks ago, started a series called Financial Fitness. This week, we're going to do part two. If you haven't gone and listened to it, maybe you missed it, go back, check it out. It's got a lot of good points that are going to back up what we're talking about today. But if you didn't get to hear Papa Rod last week, then you need to make sure you go to our app and check that out as well. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in Matthew. And then Sam's got something right here she's going to say. So Pastor Keith started the series two weeks ago. And the first thing on our mind when we hear a series on money from my pastor, we think, what's the point? But first, the point is because money is something that everybody on the planet thinks about every single day. Even us working in the youth ministry, we see our students, they think about money every single day, even though they have none. They're thinking about your money as their parent. <laughs> We've got color wars coming up. You just saw the announcement. That has a cost to it, so we know that they've been begging their parents for money to go to Color Wars. We've got summer camp coming up in July, and we know that they're preparing, fundraising, thinking about money. How can I get there? So money is something that everyone thinks about every single day. And then secondly, because Jesus talked a lot about money, and Jesus also connected our spiritual condition to the way that we spend our money. And so if we care about money, just like everything else, we know that God cares about money. So, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 21. Playing tag team right here. We, we do this on Wednesday, so we're pretty used to it. Uh, it's fine. So, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I think we're good. Okay. So when Pastor Keith started the series, he talked about how money uh, reveals the spiritual condition of our heart. Money is also powerful because our temporal wealth can be transformed into supernatural treasure in heaven. We all know that. And so this week, we're going to dive into some very practical things involving money. And we work with the youth, so every week we try to give something practical, something where our students can walk out and put to practice exactly what we talked about that night. So that's what we're going to bring to you today, something practical where you can walk out of here and say, okay, today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day, I'm going to start putting these principles to practice. And so in order to be financially fit, our first point, we have to lose weight, we have to get in shape, and we have to build muscle. Just like if we want to be physically fit, to be financially fit, we have to do all of these things. So we lose financial weight by getting in shape, by getting out of debt. And the weight of debt creates an unhealthy life. So, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not evil, it's the love of money. For which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So, for unhealthy life, debt creates, it affects all areas of our life. It affects financial, obviously, but it also affects our relational life. And it affects 
our spiritual health. So if we are unhealthy in our money, and if we have uncontrolled, unmanageable debt, it's going to affect not just our money. We know that as adults, that when we're struggling in money, it affects everything. It affects our relationships with our spouse. It affects our relationships with our friends. It affects everything in our body. So just like being physically unhealthy and overweight, being financially overweight, unmanageable debt creates problems in every area, every area of our life. Let me say that again. Unmanageable debt creates problems in every area of, of our life. So unmanageable debt creates inflicted, self-inflicted sorrows. So I, I don't know about you, but in Timothy right there, it talks about sorrows. There's enough going on in the world for me to be self-inflicting things on myself. And that's why it's important to talk about money. Yeah. I was never taught biblical principles about money. I wish I would have. My parents did a great job in a lot of different elements. They were great and fantastic parents. But I know that the sorrow of this can be really heavy, and you feel like you're crushed and you're smushed, and there's nothing that you can do to catch up. So, the number one cause of divorce is financial stress. And there should be an image on your screen. And it talks about stress kills. Medically proven, these things kill. So you got heart disease. Asthma. You got high blood pressure. Strokes. You got skin allergies. Insomnia. You got irritability. Migraines. You got overeating. And all these things. Stress kills. Medically proven that stress causes all of these things and we think about our own health and maybe we can track that back like oh when this happened to me or I've been struggling with insomnia can I track it back to stress in my life and usually we can and financial stress is the main stress usually in our lives yeah so it's the number one thing that causes stress and divorce so think about adding all that other stuff to it yeah. just just think about that everything else if money ain't working it makes everything else seem worse and then you just feel like you're getting smushed and the weight gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So 77% of all Americans struggle with financial stress. So that is every three out of four people. So look down your row this morning, count off four people, and then you can say that probably three out of those four people are struggling with financial stress. And that's not a good thing. That's not a happy thing. But it also makes us feel we're not alone. If we're struggling with this, other people probably are too. And... Today, we're going to challenge you later to, we got to open up. We can't be hiding what's going on. We need to seek wisdom from people who are doing it better than we are. And there's a lot of people in this church that are excellent when it comes to money, when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to investing. And so that's one thing that we're going to talk about today. But Proverbs 22, 7 says this, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. So I don't know about you guys, but that, to me, I don't want to be a borrower, ever. I want to be a lender. So, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, God uh, describes the blessing of obedience. Key word right there, blessing. And he talks about the curse, too. So, we're going to look at verse 12 and 44, because it's interesting how God describes the blessing and the curse. So, we're going to start with the blessing. So, Deuteronomy 28, 12. The Lord will open to you his good treasury the heavens, and give you rain in your land in its season and bless all your hard work, all the work that you put your hands to. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. I want to stop right there and, and backtrack just a little bit. It says, 
to bless all the work of your hands. To bless all the work of your hands. I don't know about you guys. I have like three jobs. I hang garage doors, I cut grass, and I'm a youth pastor. And being a youth pastor, you don't get real dirty. Spiritually you do, but physically you don't. But I enjoy coming home knowing that I put in a good day's work. That I did my part. That God has called us to be good workers. He has blessed us right there. It tells us that he is going to bless us in all the hard work that you put your hands to. So everything that you touch that prospers, God's involved. And maybe you're in the season, you're like, man, I don't know. I want to try this, 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 and this. I've tried a few things, and then it don't happen. And I'm like, you know what? That's God telling me no because he's not blessing me in it. So a no can also be a blessing as well. So on the flip side of that, we go on. In 28, we're going to talk about uh, on verse 44. It says, He shall lend to you, and you shall lend to him. And you shall not lend to him. He shall be a, he shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. I want to talk about the curse right here. Pastor Keith says it all the time, right? You're the head, and you're not the tail. Well, there's a lot going on in the world like we've talked about. And when you get into that element where you feel like you're the tail, that you're the last choice, that maybe there's a little bit of an overdraft penalty. Maybe your rent's behind a few weeks, a few months. Maybe the car note is beyond what you can grasp in the moment. Maybe the power bill's out. The enemy's going to constantly tell you that you can't get out. There's the curse right there. When you feel like you're the tail and he keeps feeding you those lies, those deceptions, and you fall into I'm always going to be a borrower mentality, that's when he's got you. We feel like, well, everything's got to happen overnight. Maybe just one principle would change today, what tomorrow, what today it might look tiny, but tomorrow it could be massive. Yeah. So. so our next point, we are not rich or poor based upon our income. Let me say that again. We are not rich or poor based upon our income. We are rich or poor based upon how much of our income we actually own. How much we actually own. Because if we owe it, y'all, we don't own it, unfortunately. We like to think that we got all this money coming in, but if you got, you got debt from your car, student loan debt, everybody my age says, praise the Lord. We got all these credit card debts, all these different things. If we owe it, we don't own it. It's not our money anymore. Yeah, and if we owe it, we might have already spent it. So our power bill comes out the first of the month. And it's for the previous month. Well, every time I go home, when I go home this afternoon and it gets dark and I turn on the power, I'm spending my money. So guess what, guys? Sometimes we just need to stop yeah. and realize what we really own. I love it. Pastor Keith taught me this principle one time. He said, you can't bless someone with money that you don't own. If you've already spent it, you can't bless them. And the flip side of that, really, you're cursing them because it looks bad. Like, we think that, like, everything on paper is going to be. You can be a blessing or a curse by your words and your actions when it comes to money. Yeah. And I'll prove it to you. There are people in this service and in the first service and people that are in my family that I look at, and I see that they're doing fantastic with money. Yeah. And I want to pick their brains. I want to know what's going on. They're a blessing to me, and I've barely had any conversations with them. So I want to be a blessing to anyone that looks at me and says, you know what, maybe, maybe they got a, a few things going on. I want to share that. I'm not prideful in that. I want to share and boast on what the Lord has done for me. So, Yeah, so if you turn to Proverbs 23, 4 through 5, it says, 
Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it sprouts wings and it flies away like an eagle. Wealth can disappear in the blink of an eye. And we think about celebrities that we know. I did a quick Google search, and I learned that Michael Jackson, we all know him. We know probably a lot of his songs. He was reportedly at least $400 million in debt when he died. And we think about how much money did he make, but he didn't own it. He and, the, owed it. and the world looks at him and says, man, he was wealthy. He was rich. Look at that. Yeah. And that's not the truth. And then, despite his hit, can't touch this, ooh, MC Hammer <laughs> filed for bankruptcy. We all know that song. And then Aaron Carter, anybody from my age, millennials know him, he owed $1 million in taxes in 2009. And then in 2013, he was forced to file for bankruptcy. Y'all, wealth can be gone in a blink of an eye if we're not managing it. So I want you to think about something. Someone who makes 25k a year and owns it all is richer than someone who makes 150k a year and owes it all. It's the truth. What I love about one of our elders, Brother Jim, he says this all the time. Numbers don't lie, guys. And sometimes we just need to sit down and look at the numbers. It's not that you're a bad person. Or maybe you're on the flip side and be like, I mean, I've already walked this. So maybe you're listening to us speak and someone's just immediately come to, come to your mind. Maybe you should take them out, buy them coffee and say, hey, God just really put you on my heart. What's really going on? Yeah. And maybe you could be a blessing in that regard. So think about it. If you own it, it's yours. But if you owe it, what do you, don't, really, don't, don't fool yourself. So yeah. our next point is we get in shape financially by making a lifestyle change called a budget. If you've never heard of that, go home, Google it. You need to know what a budget means. This was absolutely life-altering for me. So we have to rule over money or the lack of money will rule over us. And that's the truth. When the lack of money will rule over us, it will just constantly consume our minds. So making money doesn't make you rich. Managing money makes you rich. So I don't know if you follow Sam on social media. I'm not a social media person, but she posts, we have a little boy. His name is Jude, and he's about nine months old. He's not said his first word, but, man, he likes to spend money a lot. So PK and Kay sit down with us and said, hey, listen, here's, what, here's what's really going on. Here's what you really make, and this is what you really own, and this is what you owe. And I was like, I like the owe number more than the own number, but it was the truth. So me and Sam weekly, we sit down and we look at our budget. It's not because it's fun. It's because we want to be financially fit. We struggle in this area. Really, I struggle in this area. I like to work hard, but I'm not a good manager. But I want to manage my money. Because here's the thing, guys. Just like we talked about the blessing and the curse, what if my son grows up and doesn't know what it's like to not live with a budget? Like if he knows, hey... What, what, what do people do without a budget? Like, what if he, like, grows up and never has the understanding of, like, people actually live without a budget? Like, think about it. That's generational breaking of curses. Yeah. And I want to be that to my son. So. so, Proverbs 27, 23, and 24 says this. Know the state of your flocks. 
and put your heart into caring for your herds. Know the state of your flocks, a.k.a. know the state of your money. Know what's in your bank account. Know where your money is going because as Pastor Keith says, if we don't tell our money where to go, it just goes. So we need to know the state of our flocks, and for us that means knowing where our money is. And then for riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. We, I don't know about you, but if you have kids, we should want to bless our kids. We should want to be able to hand down not just a, a storage unit full of stuff, praise God, Mom. <laughs> Didn't know that was in the notes. <laughs> but we should be able to pass down money. We should be able to bless our kids. And if we're not managing our money and paying attention to where our money goes, one day we'll be gone and our kids will be left with nothing but a storage unit full of stuff. So most people, like John Wesley talked about, work hard at making money, but we're lazy when it comes to managing money. I'll just take a little brag on my husband. He started his own lawn care business a few years ago, and he works hard, and like he said, he likes to come home, and he likes to be dirty and exhausted and take a shower and then just go to bed. Anybody else like that? You just want to know that you had a good, long day of work where you feel accomplished and you feel good about what you did. But if we're not managing our money, that's all a waste. And that's not great because, y'all, we work hard. I know that you work hard. I look out here and I see everyone, business owners, people who are diligent with their jobs and who show up day in and day out, and you are diligent. But if we're not managing the money that we work so hard to make, it's all for nothing. And we're not able to be the blessing that God has called us to be. Because managing our money isn't just so we got a, a stockpile of money in the bank. Managing our money is so we can be a blessing to the next generation. Our goal is that when we leave 2911 as youth pastors, which will not be for a long time, praise Jesus, but that we will be able to pour into 2911 financially. That we'll still, even though we may not be there week in and week out, that we'll be able to bless 2911 youth and the youth pastors that come after us and the teenagers that come after our kids and all those things. But if we don't manage our money now, if we don't manage our money today, we won't be able to do that. So Proverbs 12, 24 says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Our last point, and in closing, is just this. Budgeting gives you permission to spend money. All the ladies say, yeah. Praise God. We want to spend money. Oh, yeah. All right. So, but it empowers you to save, invest, and give generously. Yeah. There's a lot of people that go to our church that give generously. Yeah. And they don't ask for their name to be put on plats and different things like that. They're doing it because they know that God is their main resource. Yeah. And they do that with a happy heart. So, a financial goal without a budget is fantasy. That will never become reality. Guys, it's the truth. Like, I don't know if you, like I said, if you didn't listen to that message two weeks ago when Pastor Keith was talking, he talked about he has goals. Yeah. He wants to live off 10 and give 90. He wants to flip the principle of tithing that God has given us. We can live off 90. How many of you can raise your hands and say that 90 runs a lot harder than that 100? I can just tell you the truth. He wants to flip the script, and he wants to live off 10 and give 90. But he still wants to live the way he does or even better. So he's got goals. I don't know if you've ever spent time with him. I get to spend a lot of time with him. I'm very blessed. I'm not just his youth pastor. I'm his son-in-law. But I have seen him talk about principles, like little things, like talking about 3 or $4 
that in two or three years turn into a couple of thousand dollars. And I'm like, man, that sounds really cool to me. But he's diligent. He's not lazy. He's not forced to labor. He manages his money. He's on purpose. So we need to have financial goals. My first job was at McDonald's working with Haley. Yep, it was a great time. (laughs) And my dad was all about the Dave Ramsey stuff. Y'all know all about that. And so he poured into me to have a savings account or an emergency fund of $1,000. And so while I was working at McDonald's, my first job ever, my goal, my financial goal was to have $1,000 in my emergency fund. But you know what happened? I got that $1,000 in my emergency fund. And after I did that, I had no other financial goals. And so it sat at $1,000 for a very long time. And I didn't grow past that. I was like, well, I've hit my goal. Now what? Let's go shopping. Like, that's what I did. I bought a laptop, bought all the things with my McDonald's money. And so today we want to encourage you. We need to have financial goals. Maybe you've just recently hit a financial goal and you've not set another one. Well, today's the day. The Lord wants us to have goals and reach them. But if we don't have goals, we're never going to reach them. If we don't set them in stone and say, this is what I'm saving for. This is what I'm believing for. Back in the day when we got our uh, Trump checks, praise God, we, um, we had a goal. We had a financial goal, and then we got our Trump checks, and we were like, okay, we're saving for our first baby. We were going to save, and we were just going to put it all away to save for our first baby, and we were able to write that check when little Jude came along, praise God. And so we need financial goals. We need to set goals and hit them and set more goals and hit those so we can be a blessing to the next generation and to our own families. Right. So fantasy versus reality. It's pretty simple, guys. You need some goals. You need to think about what you really own compared to what you owe. What are, what are some debts that you deal with? Are they unmanaged? Do you just push them off to the side and ignore them? Yeah. That's not the way that God talks about handling money. But let's, let's be financially fit Let's get in shape financially so that way we can be a blessing to the next generation. So in closing, I'm going to just ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And this is what I want you to do. Anybody that calls Jesus the, the, the Savior of their lives, he talks about money a lot, guys. And maybe there was just one element that we talked about today. That, man, I, I really just need to focus in on that. I really need to think about my, my, my unmanageable debt or... Man, do I really even know what I really own compared to what I make and what I owe? Or maybe it's just, maybe it's just simple as like this. You know, I was in that place a couple of years ago. Maybe you just need a budget. That way you feel it empowered to spend when you have it, and you know when to save and invest when you don't have it, and you need to put it away. So I just want you to do some business with God today. Just talk to Him. It's between you and Him. It's your financial goals it's your finance. Where does God want you to be financially in the next year? Five, ten, when you have grandkids, when you have great grandkids. What does that look like? So I'm going to pray a blessing over you here in a minute. But maybe today you don't know Jesus. And it's like, well, I've heard about him dying for me and saving, saving me physically from hell. But I didn't know he had all this wisdom about money. And maybe I, I want to know him as my personal Lord and Savior. There's some ushers that are here, and if you would, just slip your hand up. If today is your day to say, you know what, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, they're going to slip a pack in your hand, and then it's going to just, uh, just show you the next few steps to take. So I'm just going to give you one, two, three. So, Father, we just thank you for your wisdom and your understanding. 
God, we thank you for uh, being financially fit. God, we don't just bless ourselves when we're financially fit. We bless our church. We bless our community. We bless the generations that are coming after us. Father, we thank you for these simple elements of principles that we can apply to our lives. I pray right now against the enemy that he comes and he says, that you can't do this and you can't do that. I break those lies in the name of Jesus. Just start simple, small principles today that will ripple effect what God wants to do in your future. So, Father, I pray a blessing over Liberty Church. I pray that you bless them financially, spiritually, physically. Father, in every element, you know that we think about money nearly more than anything. God, we process it. But we want to stop processing it our way and start processing it your way. So, Father, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing with and through Liberty Church. And we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So, clap your hands. Tell your neighbor high five. All the good stuff. I'm stumbling around. Give your neighbor a high five. Y'all have a blessed day in the Lord. I pray that you guys would just be uh, blessed in Jesus' name. And don't forget, movie night is tonight at 530. So come back, ready to watch it's a movie be a and good eat movie. some popcorn. Love you guys. If you have a student that's interested in Color Wars, come talk to us. It's this coming weekend. So you could give them to us and you can have a date weekend, a whole weekend. to be